0: You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we continued with week two of our Easter series focused on the cup of God's wrath referenced by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This week, Josh focused on Jesus' crucifixion, which satisfied the wrath of God on our behalf. Today, we're answering questions like, Where did Jesus go after he gave up his spirit on the cross? What happened to the thief who was crucified alongside Jesus after Jesus said he would be with him in paradise? And we talk more about Joshua's reference that the sinner's prayer as we know it is not found in Scripture. So, where did it come from? You'll hear this and a lot more today on After the Message. All right, hey guys, welcome to the podcast this week. Hey Mike, good morning. Hey, How you good. I'm doing well. Great, I'm doing well. So I mean, fine. I didn't sleep well last night. But, oh, that's sad. Yeah, I don't know if it was the storms that kept me awake. Lori's Guilty out of town. Conscience. No, all right, just checking. But Lori's <laughs> out of town, sure. and I just I was just restless all night, and so I finally woke up at like 4:30 a.m. like for good. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was like I'm not going back to sleep, so I've, I just got out of bed. Wow. There you go. So.
1: So he had like two hours of interrupted quiet time with the Lord and prayer. Absolutely. And-
0: Actually, it was more like three. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, well, hey, good to have everybody here. Uh, just so you're for our listeners. Uh, so you know who's on the podcast today. Uh, we've got Mark Evans in here. who's one of our usuals. We've got Josh Bratty. We have Amy Elizabeth Cockroft, uh, children's minister. And ladies and gentlemen, our... Normally our producer, who's mm-hmm. still producing today, mm-hmm. but Chase Hammock is on a mic today. We gave him a voice. Yes. Multitasking. Multitasking. Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. We got a lot of compliments on the mustache this week, I think specifically because you guys shouted it out so hard last There you go. Week. It made me See? feel really good. No, oh. you know. Well, it looks good. It's growing on me, man. It's growing on me too. It's literally growing on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike. I wish you grew a mustache. Oh dear, don't. Uh, oh no. Nice. You can tell Mike would have a fantastic beard. It would be. It's great. just not. in oh, yeah. It's not in the, the cards. I would if I could ever get that far. Man. Lori doesn't like it, so Well only one so of so not, so no it, so. mustache for you. About three days in, it's like she stop She starts avoiding me, and like you know, <laughs> you should have done it so. this weekend. She's been gone for like three I days. I did. You didn't see me Saturday, but mm-hmm. I, had, I I had a pretty. Uh, I had a pretty scruff face go. going, so
1: <laughs> I'm glad you shaved it.
0: Um, again, because Lori was out of town, so she did make a <laughs> shave. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, hey, good, uh, good to see you guys. And so we're going to jump in because I, I know we have we have limited time today, and uh, so um, we are Sunday was our second weekend in the Easter series, and so um, we were in Luke 23. And then jumped over to John 19. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, essentially, we were talking about Jesus' crucifixion and uh, and his death. And so, a weighty topic. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it didn't feel as weighty to me as the first week did. (laughs) I'm not sure why, but...
1: Well, we didn't spend 20 minutes on the wrath of god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. This was, this was the whole satisfaction <laughs> of the wrath of god. Yeah. So this was this was the good news. Yeah. We felt a little better. You
2: feel more grateful this week. Yeah. Than yeah. Then last week's like, oh man. But yeah. I think
1: that it, if you don't know the last week, like like if you don't live in that weight, you don't it is harder to to appreciate the beauty of what Christ has done. That's mm. right.
2: You definitely need both. Yeah, and sure. and I think
1: that's true, and like like that should be something that's in our heart when we when we think about evangelism, when we think about telling the story of the gospel. A lot of times we want to jump straight to, "Well, Jesus loves you," and they're like, "Well, of course He does. Why wouldn't He love me?" They have no clue that there is wrath for sin, mm. and, and and that's our state as we stand. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why it felt less heavy to me, because yeah, the first week was so <laughs> so so weighty. Josh had a plan. You um, did your job. Good job, yeah. Josh. Yeah. Good job, Josh. <laughs> Good Thanks. job. Thanks. What a guy. So, um, <laughs> well, hey, I, I think there's so many different directions we could go today. As we were kind of talking uh, before recording here, uh, there were all sorts of questions that came up. And uh, so I'm not exactly sure where best to start, but why don't we just jump in somewhere Um, so one of the things that, that, uh, that came up in my life group, uh, I think two weeks in a row now, uh, people have asked this question. And so, uh, there may be other people who asked this a similar question. Um, so we're seeing, uh, Jesus on the cross, right? And so Jesus, Jesus dies. Like what happened after Jesus died? So, and some of these things are going to get pretty deep, I guess, but yeah, like, what Where? What happened after he died? Where did he go? Mm. And then there's a follow-up question, mm. like, for the thief, the two thieves, and the one that, that, you know, who Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, so, did he go immediately to be with Jesus in paradise?
1: Fantastic question, right? So, uh, and all of this is going to be speculation at best, um, because we don't have a verse that says, uh, you know, if, if Luke writes that in in Luke 23... Uh, we don't get, you know, Acts chapter 2. Oh, and the thief shows up in heaven and there's a big party and, you know, everybody's yep. excited. We just don't have the luxury of that. We just know what Jesus said and we take it at his word. Uh, but we also have something. So the first question you ask, where did Jesus go? Assuming when he said, into your hands, I commend my spirit. So, so there's this idea of body stays, spirit goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where does the spirit go? Well, if he's committing his spirit back to the Father, it goes into the Father's care, custody, and control, which is the, the Christian belief, what happens after we die. Body stays, soul goes, God holds us. There's going to be a day of resurrection when our body is returned back to our soul, but our body is new. It is going to be different. Uh, it is not bound by age or disease or time and space, but it is indeed the body we are born with uh, is sovereignly given to us for all of eternity. It will be markedly different, but they will be together again in the resurrection of the dead. So, so that is kind of Christian history. That, that's a little bit different than what we think, um, because you know a lot of people have different views of of afterlife. There's some people who would say, well, when you die, you turn into an angel. That's, that's not true. Angels are angels. People are people. They're not the same. You don't, you don't become one when you, when you die. Mm-hmm. No harps on clouds. and Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't say that. Uh, certainly not. In, uh, maybe if you read your Precious Moments Bible, yeah, you know, that might be in there. Um, but where did Jesus go? Where did his soul go? Well, um, if we go back to some of the earliest statements, so this, this even predates the scriptures coming together. All right. So this is, this is kind of weird when, our, when we try to understand timeline of, of, of time and space. If we don't understand New Testament or, or, or early church history, we could be led to believe that the Bible was a thing from the very beginning. And as the gospel writers are writing, they're like, all right, add this page to it or add this chapter to it. Well, the Bible's not written and compiled – or at least it's not compiled. It is written, but it's not compiled until like three, four hundreds, right, mm-hmm. A.D., so, so we have that prior to those things. The way that the, the early church lived and and they continued in the the faith is by testimony. Mm-hmm. So it would be something that would be passed down generationally. So they would they would stand and speak and say, "Remember these things." That's why the Shema, is <laughs> a whole lot Deuteronomy six. The Shema was so important to the mm-hmm. Hebrew people. Read it this morning. There you go. Say, on, on your three hours, three hours. Like three hours. <laughs> you read the whole Old Testament this morning. <laughs> but but the reason it's so important that. From the the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed, from the first generation to the last generation, that you pass this down. This is the way they understood the teaching of of, of God. But the new church, the the New Testament church, before the scriptures are bound together into the Bible that we use today, they had creeds and confessions, right? And so we have the Apostles' Creed, which predates the, the Bible coming together, and in the Apostles Creed, one things that they, the, the church would confess together, it says this, um, and I'll read it in its entirety, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, He was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And then there is kind of this line that they would, they would recite, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic church, Catholic not in the sense of like denominational Catholic, big C Catholic means like the church worldwide. So all God's people, all time and space together. I believe in the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This would be the confession that they would either generally start or end or both of all of their meetings in the early church. Hmm. And so what they would believe is that Jesus descends to hell, to, to the place of the dead. And from there, that's where speculation becomes into play. Mm-hmm. What did he do there? Oh. Um, it, I, for me personally, and this is this is Josh Caveat as I understand writings in the New Testament, he goes and preaches to those who were captive there, who may have never had a chance to hear the gospel, and they had a chance to hear and to respond to him. Mm. And then from there he ascends back into glory.
0: So yeah. So now if you're a fan of Carmen. Oh boy. You know, he went down uh, and so punched the devil out. He did. He fought. He punched
2: him. the devil out. Ten
1: rounds, baby. <laughs> yeah, but he won. Knockout. Knockout. TKO. <laughs> T-K. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. Um,
1: so sad. when you guys hear that, I mean that—that's kind of.
2: So can you go back to like, okay, I commend my spirit, yep. like spirit to God. Yep. Right, and then body to the to the grave, grave mm-hmm. to the tomb. So, but then. He descended, mm-hmm. and I think we, Ephesians, maybe it says that also. So, so his spirit is going to a place where God is not, right? So, he's when he says, I commend my spirit to you, to God, and he's giving it to him, God's allowing him to go, like, give people a, w- another chance, like, hey, here's where you are. Like, that's what we're that's what you're kind so, of saying. Yeah, that
1: would be the thought, right? Okay. So, again, we're we're super. Right. And speculation world mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think it's wrong to speculate, but I think it would be wrong to definitively say this thing is this. But yeah. the earliest Christians, right? So if we're going to base our faith on anything, I want to base my faith on Christ and in the shadow of the earliest Christians as they followed Christ in the, in the early days. And they believe that when he gave his spirit up, that the Father sent him. To the dead, yeah. To to continue the mission that he was called to.
2: Okay, so when the wrath was satisfied on the cross, Mm -hmm. okay, the wrath was the turning away of God Mm -hmm. on him. So was so it was satisfied. So when Jesus went, when he descended, was he still experiencing
1: the
3: wrath?
2: Wrath or was it okay?
1: That's a fantastic question, and so I'm going to give you an answer. Okay, but I'm not going to give you one that. That comes with a chapter and a verse, sure. Right, and so what that means for those who are listening says, "What's that mean? What's that? That this is Josh's thought on this, and and you can have your own thought on this, and we can live in a world that's again speculation." Sure, I believe that whenever he yells to Teleste, right, when when it is finished, the wrath is is no longer on him. Um, That it's in that moment that if the veil is torn, Mm -hmm. and if we understand that theology. That God is now inviting sinful man into his presence that for, for those who are in Christ, and that's going to be a big deal. It's, and I, I made this point, I thought, and I'm going to make it again on this <laughs> podcast last Sunday at the end of the sermon when we went to Revelation, right? Uh, or this would have been two weeks ago when we did the first week of the cup. The wrath of God is satisfied in Christ, but only for those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the wrath of God still remains for those who are not in Christ. And so this isn't a... Because a, nobody's
2: a, taken that wrath.
1: That, that's exactly right. That the wrath is still on them for they've assumed it in and then of themselves. Right. right. And so whenever we see, again, the Apostles' Creed, one thing that they would believe is Jesus takes the wrath of God, but one day he's going to come back to judge. Mm-hmm. The quick and the dead is the, the original version of that. And so when he comes back, the first time he came, he came to save. The second time he comes, when he comes again, he's going to come to judge and to rescue uh, and and so he he himself holds the wrath of God,
0: and he will wield it like a sword, uh, is what Revelation tells us.
3: Mm. Mm. All right,
0: that's a lot. Okay, so so you raised another question for me when you were talking about um, uh, you know, so you're talking about how the dead uh, body mm-hmm. remains, uh, spirit goes. goes to be with the Father in His keeping, and then one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, body will be reunited with spirit correct. in a new heaven, new earth. correct. So tell me, like, is that where the idea of purgatory comes in? So is that like, like, I mean, as, as Baptists, like, that's not something we talk about, like purgatory. That's correct. Right? So. Um, well, it's not just something we don't talk about. It's something we don't believe. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. so, but, but where, where does that idea come from?
1: Well, it's certainly a Catholic Thought and a, and a Catholic process, and, and even if you read the the extra what we would call extra biblical writings that, that we would find in, in the apophrica, um, I don't see it in there. There are other people would say, well, you know, it's this, but there have been other Protestant, like non Catholics, who who would even go as far as like uh, your soul goes to sleep, like soul sleep. We, we don't believe as as followers of Christ, as Baptists, we don't believe in in soul sleep, um, but we we do believe that God cares for our soul when it leaves the body and, and what the apostle Paul would say to be absent from the body mm-hmm. is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so he doesn't say like the wording isn't when you die, you go to be present with the Lord. That's true. But it's what he is trying to communicate is the very thing the early church believed that our soul leaves our body and it goes to the father for those who are in Christ. And he holds that. And then one day when Christ returns, in the resurrection, that the resurrection of all bodies will come. And so whenever we read that, a lot of times we just think, okay, well, this body's done. I'm going to go get my new body in heaven, and it's going to be great. Well, like traditional Christian teaching would say, our bodies are going to be resurrected, because that's why the resurrection was such a big deal for Christ. Mm -hmm. In the same way that he was resurrected, we will be resurrected one day, but it's going to be completely different, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different than what we think. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you who is. Um, oh man, I, I, I say I'm going to tell you. Uh, the book is called "Surprised by Hope." The Anglican priest, England. Hold on, I'm. I'm thinking. Roll the decks. Go. I will to beat you. What is his name? I'm googling it. He's there. Um, it's not. It's not <laughs> sprawl It's not Stott. I'm googling. What
2: is it? Hold Surprised
1: on. by who? What? Surprised by hope. <laughs>
2: Come on. Google tells me it's NT right. N T right. That's
1: exactly oh, right. God. There you oh, go. Oh, one without you. Even in the race. See, there you By go. A nanosecond, you beat me. N T right. NT Wright is great. Uh, if you were looking Ain't for N.T. Right? Wright. Wright. <laughs> so just caveat, he is not Southern Baptist. Nope. Um, and there is a lot of NT Wright stuff that you may read and think, uh I don't believe that. And and there'll be a lot of stuff that I read that N. T. Wright would say and be like, I don't know if I align there. But his work on death and the afterlife is absolutely beautiful. Uh, And the the book, Surprised by Hope, is this picture of when we rightly understand what is waiting for us in glory. Like the moment we leave this body and we go to glory, it should change absolutely everything about how we live Mm. now. With no fear of death, no fear of hell. That our body is, is but a, like a tenth is what he would what the scriptures say and what he would allude to. But one day it's going to give way to something more beautiful and something that's eternal. And so, we leverage this life at all cost for the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom. And so, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And so, when we get into stuff like this and the resurrection and Easter, I think it should, particularly for Baptists, where we live and kind of what we've been taught probably over the last hundred years – It should allow us to think more deeply so for example many of us believe that the fullness of the gospel is experienced when we come to faith in christ as if that's the end Mm -hmm. but that's not the end that's just the beginning faith in christ is when we receive the beginning of new life and then we are called to do something else well what is that something else well there's a new kingdom coming like when we say share the gospel we we say that a lot well what is the gospel then we'll say well we share jesus christ fantastic what are we sharing about Jesus Christ? Well, in the New Testament world, what they would understand is they lived in a kingdom, particularly whenever we were reading through Romans right now, in a Roman world, that it was awful. It was oppressive. It was going to fall like like it was not good. But there was a new king named Jesus, and he was bringing a new kingdom that would not be oppressive, and it would not pass away. It would be one that would last forever on into eternity. And so now, as believers... We are called to bring the good news not just of the person of Christ, but With the, the work of Christ mm-hmm. also, which is his kingdom. Right. So we <laughs> preach the kingdom of Christ. It's a new way. It's a new belief. It's a new thought that allows us to say, I'm not living for here anymore. Mm-hmm. i right. not living for this moment. I'm not living for, for, for just these 30 years or 40 years or 80 years. I'm living for eternity now because this kingdom is not going to end. That's good.
3: That's
2: right.
1: All right. So, Mike, I'm jumping ahead of you. I'm going to segue.
0: No, go ahead,
3: man. Because I think it's a... I think this is why what you just expressed is why it's so um, important for you and all of us, but we hear it in you as you lead us um, to be really careful when we start talking about formulas Mm -hmm. on what it means to become a a, a Christian. That's right. Right. And so what you just expressed was so much more than I got to get my kid to pray a prayer. That's right. Yeah. Right. If I can get him to pray a prayer, then he's good to go. Or no, no. even
2: a step past that, I gotta get my kid baptized.
3: That's right. That's like, right. Yeah. Neither
2: one of those is the.
3: If I can end just goal. convince my child to do that, and and there's an urgency there, but what I think what you're saying is it's so much bigger, um, what we are, what we're called to, and what we want to lead our children to, um, than just saying a prayer. And I know, um, I know you, you you use that language and, and caution against mm-hmm. that. Amy, you've got a perspective I think from children's ministry where that that rubs up against, you sure. know, how you relate to parents and the tension they feel. Yeah. You want to share a little bit about yeah, that?
2: Yeah, I think first of all kids we know are black and white, like do this, don't do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um so I think when you're trying to communicate with kids you want to be clear in what you're communicating. And so even, even as I think back on when, as I was growing up, like we were real big on praying the prayer, repeating after me, like doing the thing. I don't remember being so big on, <laughs> um, like, it's not about that. Like that was really important. It's more about confessing who you are and believing in who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Now with the ABCs, all of those things. Um, and so I, I think... I have this conversation with parents a lot. I told y'all this earlier, but I have this conversation with parents a lot, especially after Josh brings it up in the sermon. They're like, hold up. <laughs> we got to talk about this. Like, it, Brings
1: what up in the sermon? Clarify that.
2: Oh, brings up that it's not about the prayer. It's that's not right. about the words you say. The sinner's prayer yeah, is not a that's thing. That's right. It's, it's not, not a thing. Yeah. Like it's not a scriptural thing. Yeah, right. um, and so what what I tell parents and kids often is that the important parts of that is that you're confessing who you are. I am what? A sinner. I am in desperate need of a savior. Mm-hmm. And then you're believing that Jesus is that for you. Mm-hmm. You're believing that Jesus took the wrath that God had for me because of my sin and, you know, Escape. satisfied that. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I think um it's just it's it's almost like not an it's almost refreshing because sometimes people get so stuck on what uh-huh. is the prayer supposed to be. Like, uh-huh. what am I supposed to say? Did I say the right thing? Uh-huh. And that's not
3: right. What it's about. Like, I, I remember, like uh, when I was a child, I would get caught up in that, and I remember these. Intense seasons of doubting myself, salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes. and so I would have to go back and think, "Oh gosh, do I because pray it it's that all time? about you." Did yeah. I
2: do something? Right. No, you're. And how many you nights can't. did you
3: pray the prayer again, yes. just in case, and prayed it differently by adding another <laughs> That's element? Right. Let, just right. in Let case. me add oh. another. Last time Jesus, I forgot word. to say that. So <laughs> oh, I religious again. trauma, man. Yeah. That's right. All right. Let me add it. So it, it, it's a great picture of parents. We don't have to get them to pray the right words. That's right. Right. We're leading them to understand who God is, praying for God to work in their heart so that they join in this big-picture understanding confession of who I am and who God is.
2: That's right. And And I think one of the most encouraging things for me, like just watching you all walk through this with your children who have made these decisions. My kids are have not. They're six and three. And, um, you know, like, Josh, I've heard you say, like, I mean, Gideon prayed, or maybe I think Katie maybe has told me this, like Gideon prayed and like asked Jesus mm-hmm. to like I, Jesus, right. I'm committing my life to you. And Katie said it was the most scripture filled prayer and at the end Josh was like, Are you sure? Like <laughs> <laughs> like trying yeah. to talk him out of uh, it. Yeah, not, because, it out. not because it's not something you don't want him to do. Right. But because it's something that it's so important that he understands what he's doing. Yeah. And I think I think for us as as parents and grandparents um, is just that we understand God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And so when we say God is sovereign, we mean that God is sovereign over all things, including our kids' salvation. So so the Lord may have done a work in, in your child's life or an adult's life, if you're mm-hmm. walking through this with an adult, and and justified them in a moment, but you may not see, like, it's, it's a journey. That's right. So, like, what He did in their life Four months ago, is not going to be undone right. by you not dunking your kid in water, right, you right. know, or or you not leading your child to say a certain prayer. Mm-hmm. And oh. so I think if we can just rest in that, mm-hmm. like it's comforting. Mm-hmm. God God's doing that work, not us.
3: Well, mm-hmm. and and you saying that reminds me too. Just sometimes, um, the tension or the fear is that our kids don't understand enough. That's right. I don't want to take away the simplicity of a child coming to the Lord. Correct. Understanding that that child's going to understand a lot more in one year, two years, five years, that's going to give them a a greater understanding. And I think that's why discipleship is so important for us as parents and as the church to continue to, what you say, hey, we don't just go back to one incantation. Mm Mm-hmm. As a child, the simplicity and the beauty of a simple child calling out to God to save them is yeah. awesome. But we don't leave them there. That's we right. help them further understand the submission to the king, this new kingdom that's coming in and what we're longing for and waiting for. Those are things that we continue mm-hmm. to
2: And what's expected of you mm-hmm. as a believer. That's like right. like as a parent, you can't and the church, we can't just be like, "Who okay, good. We we're baptized, we prayed. We're all situated. We got <laughs> right. we got lots of work to do from there. So our journey doesn't end there. It, in a sense, starts from there, and that's why it's so important for parents to disciple their kids along the way, so that they don't stop there, right. and you keep growing.
0: Right. Well, no, I was going to say. I, I mean, I I'm glad you said that because I think I think that is kind of that kind of becomes the end goal for, for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, okay, oh, okay, good. That's, for that's sure. taken care of. Right. And so we can kind of relax now yeah. and we don't have to do anything else, you know? That's right. Um, so yeah, you were well, going to say something. Well, dumb, no, I, but... I
1: just, and that leads it right into it. I, I think for all, so we are evangelical by definition, evangelical, good news people, uh, as, as Baptists, particularly Southern Baptists, we hang our hats on Telling people the good news of Jesus Christ, right? Uh, And so I think where we become short-sighted is the good news is you are dead in sin and wrath is coming towards you and Christ is going to save you from that wrath, period. Like full stop, it ends there. And that is good news. That's the the best news ever, right? But it's what are you saved from? And -hmm. what are you saved for? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's something that's totally different. I think that's where we are short-sighted in in our denomination, or at least in, in the way that we understand it today. And our hope is that we can, as parents, and I'm just thinking now as a dad. I don't want my kids just to know that they are sinners and need to be saved. I want them to know that there is another kingdom to live for right. and we can't get to that kingdom until we come through the personal work in Christ, of Christ because it's his kingdom that we're living for, right? So so when the we see the thief on the cross and we see that sinner's prayer, like like he's a sinner and he's praying. <laughs> he says, remember me today when you go into paradise, right? So, so remember me when you come into your kingdom. He sees the Christ as the king. He knows where they're about to go is the place where Christ has all power and authority. And he said, have mercy on me. Yeah, and okay. he
2: knows he can't get there by He himself. can't get
1: there without it, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. we can, from that prayer, man, see a beautiful picture, even in last seconds of life, of complete surrender. He's not baptized after that. He's not going to Sunday school. He's not doing these things, but he is completely Christ, and Christ invites him in. Mm-hmm. He says, man, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And so... For us, like uh, when I, when I think through this, and, and I, this isn't to be a quippy line, but but it is true. It's too often we only want our kids as parents to know Christ, but not His kingdom. Yeah. And I think, w- without being too presumptive here, but I think it's true. It's because we only know Christ and not His kingdom, mm. and that's why I believe we have a lot of discontented Christians who live in this world and get so entangled in this world is Uh because they forget, we forget so easily that this world is not our home, Uh that we should be living for something more. And this gets into how we practically live out the faith of Christ instead of just saying, hey, that's good or bad. Your morals need to change because you're a Christian now. Don't cuss, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do these really bad things. Well, Well, yeah, maybe, maybe don't do those bad things, but there's a reason that we are to live the way that we live because the new kingdom calls us to live differently. And if we get the bigger picture of that, then it's not just moral change for the sake of moral change. It is, I'm going there, so I need to act a certain way to get like, as I am going, I need to do these things to advance the kingdom in this way. It's not a an issue of, well, you're a Christian now, so you need to act better. It is, no, this is this is literally how you are built for kingdom work so go this direction and do this work.
0: Right. Which is different because I, I thought I heard you start to say for a second uh, and you, you stopped yourself. But like you're not doing these things to get there. Mm-hmm. That's
1: exactly right. Right.
0: You know, it, it because I think that that's the other trap that we fall into. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's this moral living as a way of getting to the, the destination. Mm-hmm. Like So
1: so I, I would give a, an illustration and this illustration is going to break down a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, Imagine that you are someone who has been told, um, all right, now that you're a Christian, this complete illustration. Okay, it's going to break down. (laughs) But you're a Christian, and so now you need to start walking every day. You need to uh, do a couple of workouts uh, a couple of times a week. You need to eat a little bit better. You need to, to... to make sure that you are treating your body a certain way and um, don't do these things. Well, if you just hear those, that just sounds like rules. Mm -hmm. Well, I became a Christian. Now those rules are there. Why why are those rules there? But if somebody told you, okay, now that you are a Christian, there's a mountain over there and we're going to climb that mountain. And by the end of this thing, we're going to be at the top of that mountain, but it's going to be a difficult climb. And to get to the top of that mountain, your body's going to need to be in shape, you need to, to have the fuel that you need, and you're going to be ready for the, for the journey ahead. Well, that's a totally different ask mm-hmm. than, hey, just act right mm-hmm. or stop right. acting wrong. Well, it's the same with the kingdom. As, as believers in Jesus Christ, there's a new path that's, that's marked out for us. And so whenever we get to the New Testament and practical living, it's not for the sake of don't do bad and start doing good. It's for the sake of the call that's mm. been laid out for us. So for the sake of the call, we live a new way, not to get saved, but because we are saved. Mm. It is by grace through faith that we have been saved, not by works. So no man can boast, but we are saved to do good works. Why? Mm. So God would be glorified. That is the journey marked out Mm. before us.
0: That is a helpful illustration. That's good. So Mm. um, really great. I I know we could talk about this stuff for oh, much much longer, yeah, I know. Um, and we didn't even get to universalism. <laughs> no, oh boy! Well, you hold that one for next week, man. Man, I hate that. It so, was so good. All right, yeah. Y'all tune in next. Week, well, see, man. here's here's and and just we don't have time for this, obviously. But but where my head goes, it's like you know when I, we start hearing about the the sinner's prayer, it's not it's not like found in scripture, and it's like well then then I start thinking like. Where did it come from? Like, what, like, how did that actually become a thing? You know, was it some evangelist somewhere? To, you know, it's because we at are at some point, yes, we default, you know?
3: we default to formula. Yeah, that's right. And um, so I, I can see, even if I was like a first century Christian, I'd be like, okay, what does my kid need to know? Uh, so I better get him to pray that. Right. And yeah. So I start so, thinking through the formula well, it, for him. It
1: comes from. Evangelicalism. Again, we're not we're not getting too far into it, but like this may be a surprise to some people. Probably not the people who are going to be listening to this podcast, but maybe. Do you know that the invitation at the end of church is not a biblical thing? <laughs> like the early church didn't do that. The way we even do church isn't that way. But like this is like a hundred years of mm. just just like if if New Testament church is two thousand years old, this is a hundred years old maybe of us trying to get people to make a decision about Christ. Mm. Like the early, that that wasn't, like Paul would say, I want to win you. Like I want want my words, I want my life, I want my actions to prove to you that Christ is the Christ and that he is good and that you should put your hope and trust in him and follow him and advance his kingdom. But probably in the last hundred years, and I think it's well-intentioned for sure, Mm -hmm. um, but it's evangelicalism to say, I want you to make a decision and honestly this this is just me talking, so I might get some some emails this week to make me feel better make mm-hmm. our numbers feel good. That's exactly right because we want to send in to the North American Mission Board we want to send in to um, the
2: SBC when we get that
1: the SBC letter. and here's why and, and and sadly, and this is gross when it comes out of my mouth growing up in seminary life mark uh, you you were there like barely but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing a stat. When it comes to cooperative program giving, and this is gross, but some people are like, no, it's not gross. It's great, but for me, it's gross. How, how many dollars does it take to get somebody saved? Oh, gosh. Like, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So people will say, okay, if this many people in the Southern Baptist Convention came to Christ this year, and we gave this much money to the cooperative program or this much money to the North American Mission Board or internationally, International Mission Board, then they will just do simple math and say that big number divided by how many people were saved. Uh-huh. Boom. This is how many people it takes to to be saved. Numbers and money have made this thing tainted, in my opinion. I don't think – those numbers, hear me out, those numbers are, are names. They're okay. people. And if they're born again, then we praise God for it. But it wasn't because we gave $17 to that person to get saved. Right. It was because of Christ's graciousness that they're mm. saved. Yes, we should give. Yes, we should go. Yes, we should support missions, but not for the sake of some formula that we put up
2: yeah that sounds like a terrible like infomercial like for mm-hmm. nineteen ninety nine a month you can for exactly
1: every $19 nice. you give one person is not going to hell <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. which is true but with all that being said it is Annie Armstrong Easter offering yeah. Uh, yeah. and we do need to give to, yes, in, to, to North American Missions I
2: mean give us your money but we're not going to tell you how but much it costs to cost. be clear it is
1: not we are not giving to a quota so if you give 50 bucks I'm going to guarantee it's yeah. it's not the, um, the compassion catalog uh-huh. where you get eighteen dollars and you get a goat for somebody in the Sudan. This isn't give fourteen bucks and somebody comes to faith. In no, Christ. You're no. paying to make Wow Week awesome. No. We give <laughs> to the right. glory of God that the kingdom may be advanced, yeah. and we That's give right. no strings attached. And we give praying that God would do mm. whatever He sees fit for His glory and for our good. Mm. And more than our money, we say, God, here we are. Send us. We're That's here. Right.
0: I had no idea my little question about the (laughs) the prayer, the origin of the prayer was going to bring us in all that, but thank you for that. That's good. Um, uh, So we are, as we wrap up here, because we're out of time, uh, we are coming into Easter weekend. And so again, if you're listening, uh, I want to keep this in front of you. Uh, We've been talking about it for a few weeks now, but um, we will have three service, uh, three gathering opportunities on Easter weekend. The first will be on Saturday night at 6.30 p.m., and then uh, also on Sunday morning, we have two services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And so you can join us for any of those. All three services will be the same. And uh, so feel free to join us for any of those three. Uh, no life groups. If you are a Broadmoor member, uh, there will be no life groups uh, this weekend. So only the services. Is there, there some cool devotional that we're walking through
1: this week that we it could
0: promote so to? It is so cool. Yeah. And, you know, somebody did some together? really cool videos associated mm, with that. Man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you can uh, go to our website and you can, uh, uh, you can. Broadmoor.org slash Easter. Thank you. You can access. Tom's team, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can access all of the Easter devotionals. There's a devotional for every day of this week that kind of kind of traces through of the events of Jesus' life uh, leading up to his crucifixion and the resurrection. So, great stuff, guys. Uh, thank you for being in the room today and for the conversation. <laughs> Look forward to next week. A lot of fun. Love you guys. Bye. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org. Or connect with us on your favorite social media platform, where we're listed as "At My Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.